Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me, as always, are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. Heard I got that knuckle crack on the mic. Oh, you did? (laughs) He was preparing for the cacao. Yeah, I was was serious business. Yeah. Yeah. Here to talk about Ryan Johnson's latest whodunit, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, which apparently he hates that it's yeah, yeah, called yeah. A Knives Out Mystery. But I mean, to, like, to the studio's credit, the majority of people who walk in are like, what the fuck is Glass Onion? Right. <laughs> as a Beatles song. Yeah, well, you're right. As opposed <laughs> to like, oh yeah, I like Knives Out. Yeah. I'll go see this one. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it is the right decision. Yeah. Um, once again, following Benoit Blanc on a... I mean, it's so hard to say. It's not a standard, like, murder mystery like the last one was. Right. Well, the other one isn't either. They're both, like, you know, twists on the genre. Sure, they're Ryan Johnson-y. Yeah. That's his thing. But I feel like even this one flips it on its head in an entirely different way than the previous one did. Who's in this movie? Dave Bautista, Ed Norton, mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. Um Goldie Kate Hunt, Hudson. Kate Hudson. Yeah. Goldie Hawn. <laughs> Goldie Hawn. Uh, Why can't I think of the name o- from Hamilton? O- Olden Odom Jr.? Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie, Leslie Odom, Odom Jr. Jr. And then a variety of cameos. Daniel Craig. Oh, and, and uh, Janelle Monae. And Janelle Monae. Hey, did you guys know that Edward Norton hosted Saturday Night Live in 2013 and Janelle Monae was the musical guest? I did not episode? know that. I That's did not. Yeah, wild. crazy. That's it. And you know, and Daniel Craig is Ben Wallace. I said Daniel Craig. You did. You're right. <laughs> I want I want everybody at this table to give one take of their best Benoit Blanc and the Benoit Blanc. Oh accent. my god! <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I'll go first. Benoit Blanc. You want? We have to say the name. Yep. I don't. I'm not going to do it. Benoit Blanc. Okay. <laughs> Benoit Blanc. There we go. <laughs> uh, it's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when people riff on his accent, I think it's hysterical. Oh, look, I'm going to talk about accents later on, so strap in, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. What did we think, y'all? I guess, okay, general plot, there's like a murder mystery going to happen on an island with a bunch of rich people. He shows up, and then real murder ensues. Oh. Right. There. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, I you know, the last one was a take on the, uh, you know, sort of, clue family in a house murder and this was a take on the you know everyone gathered in a place they can't leave murder so you know that that, that's cool it makes me interested in what will be the next uh man i thought this was super fun uh there are things about it i did not like as much as the first one but uh i I, no complaints really you know (laughs) everybody in it is pretty good i mean this will probably be a hard one to talk about because i just liked it a lot Yeah. yeah Oh, look, I have a similar opinion in that. Sorry, I didn't like it as much as uh, Knives Out, but I still enjoyed it. I would definitely be down with what Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig seem to want to do, which is make one of these a year until they're dead. Yes. Which is great. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> right. Every Christmas would be actually great. Just like once a year around that time. Yeah. I love that. I do think we'll talk about, I guess, more in spoilers, kind of like, you know, the Ryan Johnson re- deconstruction of the genre. Uh, you know, we start with all these kind of lively varied or, or distinct you know suspects and i think they could be interesting but i feel like because of the way they decided to do the story they become immediately less interesting about halfway in right uh but yeah i don't feel like we're fully capitalizing on the talent we put in this movie i mean definitely I, I was gonna wait till about just say that's my main complaint with this is 
even the people that you don't like in the first one were endearing. Mm. You know, there was nobody in that movie that I wasn't kind of rooting for. <laughs> in this, I don't give a shit about any of these mm. people except for Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Yeah, and I think part of that's probably the to Joseph's point, kind of the way this one is structured yeah. rather than the last one. Um, I like this movie a lot. Again, I'm with you guys. I don't know that I liked it better than the first one. I think it's a lot funnier, though. Uh, I The jokes hit for me. Right. Uh, if they don't hit for you, I don't know that this movie will work at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. Um, but they hit for me. I've watched it twice. I liked it even more the second time, mm. actually. Um, because I think part of that is how this movie is structured and how the way they... I don't want to say solve the case because it's not even really that kind of murder mystery movie. Mm. But because I knew that going in, mm. I was able to enjoy those bits in the early Yeah, part I'd, I'd more. imagine you can enjoy the setup more. Yeah. Because um, you're just looking for something completely different when you're in- expecting mm-hmm. the more classic whodunit. And when you're not seeing that, I feel like, and, and I think a good example, kind of what y'all are talking about, Leslie Odom Jr. Had no problem with the first time. Really loved him the second time mm. I watched him. Like, yeah. Like, I really enjoyed that character a lot more. But, yeah, especially being on Netflix, absolutely worth a Friday I know. Night. I was. I, I feel bad about that in my soul. In you sense, could have seen it in theaters. It, exactly. I could have seen it in theaters, and I feel like I should have seen it in yeah. theaters. You know, like, I think it merited going to buy a ticket. But it was one of those things where I was going to, like, I don't know. Wait during, three weeks and see it on Netflix. Yeah, during during Christmas week. And I'm, well, let's think, it wasn't in theaters before this round here. It had oh, limited releases like, other places, yeah. but not here for whatever It was reason. probably, what, New Orleans probably? Yeah, probably. Place? Yeah. See, I didn't even know it went to theaters. I would have probably watched it Yeah, no, theaters. well, it went to theaters in, like, November, other places. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. It came Like out, a month before It release. came out the same time in theaters and on Netflix here. Right. I guess spoilers? Sure, spoilers. It's better than Transformers. Yeah, it's better than Transformers. Yeah. I don't really have a question. Let's talk about the other cameos of this, just because those okay. are really fun. Uh, oh, a ton of them. The Serena Williams bit is fucking hilarious. Hysterical. Yep. Love that thing. Uh, apparently, JGL is the dong. Yes. He's in island. every Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. yeah so, he had to be uh, which, in there. Which is pretty fun. But the one I want to talk about, because I was positive it was going to come up again, was fucking Ethan Hawke as the, the Fucking yacht. loved it. Yeah. And like, there's like that whole scene's got like the weird thing that they shoot in everybody's mouth and don't like explain it. It just says like get on the boat, and I was yeah. like, surely this is gonna come back at some <laughs> point, and it fucking doesn't. Dude, Ryan Johnson loves a red hair, <laughs> yeah. especially because like I mean, you know, uh, there's a time when Ethan Hawke was like, you know, your handsome leading man, but right. definitely like the last several years, Ethan Hawke has mostly just been the sketchy guy. <laughs> <in movies. laughs> oh yeah, I loved it so much. Yeah, uh, I, did you guys hear? He, that was basically just he was in the area. No way. Is that yeah, true? no. Yeah, he was in the area filming another movie and like, hey, come over and film a cameo. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, the other ones are Hugh Grant. Yes. Uh, some debate on whether or not he's Benoit's boyfriend or husband, but Hugh Grant says husband. Yeah. And then uh, uh, don't appear in a Zoom call in a Ryan Johnson movie because half of those people are, are dead, dead now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angela Lansbury, Stephen Sondheim. I forgot. Oh, what's her too. name? Oh my gosh. She's got that show on Netflix. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Russian Doll. It's her, but I can't remember her name. She's in the American Pie movies. Whatever. We'll never know. Man, yeah. Just going back to the Hugh Grant thing, can we just give a knuckle buck to the whole world that nobody got their panties in a wad about that? Well, you've seen Knives Out 1. It's not that surprising that that but character... But, I, I mean, it seems just... It seems like... 
people on both ends of the spectrum. You know, there there could yeah. have been very much the redneck of you made me watch two hours of a gay dude, or on the <laughs> other side, there you know. Uh, I really liked this movie, but then I found out he was gay, and it sucks now. Right. And, or on the other side is like they're not really gay. They're not really gay. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. gay face, whatever. I'm just glad everybody. <laughs> is that a term? I don't think so. But it is I now. hope it is. Uh, I just assume it is. Yeah. It should be. If not. I've been on Twitter enough. I feel like I would have seen it for uh, sure. But, you know, See, here's the thing now that I don't think that discourse has been happening. But now that you've introduced the concept of gay face, I feel like I need to bring it to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce it to the world. I just kind of like that everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's a fun bit and moved on. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, I mean, who doesn't love Hugh Grant? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, tons of cameos and they all work pretty well. What do we think? I just want to know. Obviously, this movie was written like it feels like peak COVID, right? Because it would, COVID plays such an influence. I think they filmed it either like last year or um, into this year. How did the fuck did Ryan Johnson know Elon's Twitter would be such a cluster? I was about to say. I mean, I, I, it, it's it's borderline prophetic because I feel like it's people, terrifying. People who who are watching it generally are probably like, "Oh, this is reactionary to what right. just happened." Like, "Oh, I've seen." Elon Musk have a meltdown. I'm going to make a movie making fun of, you know, rich people like him. But that's not how movies work. 100%. No. They, they made this movie like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really, I mean, look, it's great. And Edward Norton was just perfect. Just the yeah. perfect person. Matt Groening has this thing that he talks about where every geek he meets comes up to and meets. It's like, I know that the comic book guy is about my local comic book store. Uh And Matt Groening's like, no, you don't understand. He's about all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what this is. It's just that it's, I mean, definitely the the current Elon Musk has really just fit into this mold well, Mm -hmm. but sort of he's just all those guys. You know, really super, super successful people aren't that place because, or at least always because they're smart or because they've worked hard, but they're always there because they have no fucking shame. Yeah, well, I you think know. I think to your point, I think what Ryan Johnson wants you to think about is Steve Jobs. Right, no, totally. Be, you know, because of what happens in the beginning of Apple, right. between what really happened in those people, right. and he, there's even points where he wears like identical outfits. Right. I mean, Steve it's, Jobs. it's called Alpha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apple. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, maybe that's just the person the personality of a well i mean steve jobs is a perfect example of that and i don't want anybody to attack me because i'm saying steve jobs is stupid i'm not of course he's way smarter than me but i mean the reason that he's more famous than the guys who did the hard work is because he got out there in front of everything and had no fucking shame yeah you know there's a story I'm gonna fuck this up about. I hate Steve Jobs as a person. Uh, there's a story. Uh, I don't think many people like him as a person. No, they totally. I mean, there's a, there's the same. There's there's a, a cult of people following every rich person that's, that's ever true. existed. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and like Steve Jobs was definitely like the tech guy, you know, right. for a time. Right. Steve Jobs had absolutely no like technical knowledge. Like he right. wasn't like a, a programmer, coder, didn't have like the computer science, whatever background. Like just talked his way into a job at Atari. Right, uh, and the 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 big thing at Atari was reducing like memory space at the time, and so it was like you got like a hundred dollar bonus 
for I'm fucking all this, the details of the story up, but we'll right. figure it out. Uh, like a hundred dollar bonus for every uh, like I don't know centimeter of space that you are removing from like the physical requirements of the machine. Uh, and so what Steve Jobs was was he'd stay after work. And then let Steve Wozniak in, his Apple co-founder, to do all the work for him and told him to do the same thing. But he, he told him that the bonus was $5 or like $10 for every centimeter they removed. So he, Steve Wozniak did all the work and Steve Jobs collected the bonus and you know ripped off Steve Wozniak. So it's kind of a, a small story that represents, I think, all of uh, Steve Jobs' career. Right, totally. Sure, for sure it does. And also to to you know use another uh, pop culture thing as a metaphor for this, you guys are you guys familiar with the movie Multiplicity? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the part where a copy of a copy is mm-hmm. not as sharp as the original. I mean, Elon Musk is kind of the current uh, Steve Jobs. Sure. You know, like he is a copy of a copy, and like no one's even fooled by it at this point, yeah. except for you know some real shitheads. There was just no way. I mean, it, like to Joseph's point, it's just almost prophetic. And not even just in how, and I yeah, we've kind of explained how it can, but to release it like fucking 60 days after. Right. And <laughs> how quickly Twitter has just fallen apart. Like, it just knew it been no better timing to release right. this movie than right now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And what's even better is that all the idiots out there, like Ben Shapiro, who are like, Ryan Johnson makes a movie giving Elon the middle finger. And you're like, dude, he made this movie two years ago. If you think it's about Elon... You telling on yourself. Right, <laughs> you, right. you you saw this and thought, man, this guy's making the same mistakes Elon Musk is. <laughs> right. Ryan Johnson must be talking about... No, bro. Right. You thought the same thing. We all did. Uh-huh. It's okay. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about with this movie? You know, I mean, th- this is there definitely is a twist in the middle of this. You well, know, we're when, in spoilers. So yeah, yeah, you know. And, man, it's really helpful when it hits. Because the first half of this movie is like, why is Ben LaBlanc suddenly dumb? Mm. You know, the first half of this, it's like, I'm not really enjoying this as much because this guy seems like an idiot. I will say, so counter to that, mm. there's kind of actually no real proof in the whole first movie that Benoit Blanc is not dumb. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because he's kind of just missing all of the really obvious things that are directly in front of him right, the right, whole right. time. Uh, and so I think that's why it's really important in this movie to have him like solve the actual, like the the murder mystery party mystery like instantly. Right. Hysterical. Because, I mean, it's very funny, yeah. but it also yeah. like, it actually like sells, okay, he does like have competence right. to be doing what he's doing. Right. So the question right. that everyone talks about is, um, does it make sense that Andy got a box? Yeah, I wondered about that also. Mm. I, I'm not sure what the timeline is as far as like when, when they, they got- get it and when... The murder happens. And- no, 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 not the well. That also, yeah, that's also. I forgot about that too. Um, no, I mean, I wasn't sure if she got a box in years past because I know I don't know when they like had their you know split because if if she had been invited previous years, I guess it would look weird if she didn't get invited this year because he knew she was dead, right. sort of thing. Um, oh, okay, I see what you're saying, but I'm not. I'm not really sure. They, they don't really cover that ground. No, the they don't. But I mean, if you're one, it's a movie you're welcome to fill in the blanks, in my opinion. Yeah, right. But I think to your point, I mean, he's an idiot, though. Right. So, like, yeah, it's, yeah, hard, yeah, it's hard because yeah. I would say, well, it makes sense, right? To like make yourself look innocent, you'd be like, oh, I invited her to the party, like exactly. I always do, right? Like, or even if you never had before, why would I invite someone to the party if I killed them? Yeah, 
Of course, they could have just gone out before he murdered her. Right. Hadn't been delivered yet. That's another simple solution. There's a part of me that wants this whole movie to just be character intros because Ryan Johnson is so good at that part of it. Right. Uh, Like the intro setting where we meet all the characters in their individual thing and they're like zooming to try and figure out the box and then we go to Janelle Monae's character (laughs) destroying it. Yeah. Like, great. The whole doc scene, outstanding. You know, like all, all those ones where it's just like, it's it's just these little complimentary uh, moments where we're supposed to like get insights into what the characters are all about. Right, like super good. We really get, I think, a sense of what all these people yeah. are about with a very small amount of time. I th- I honestly think that's what he does best in the movie. Right. I don't know that I love the structure of this kind of like revealing what happened, and it's right. not necessarily a who done it, but like I mean, again, that is how Knives Out is also because we know who done it at the very beginning because. As far as we know from the get-go, Anna de Armas' character is the murderer. Yeah, I guess I just... It's that I I don't like the... And this and it's one thing I like about this movie and don't like about it. I don't like when you change the rules halfway through. Which is in, in Knives Out, it's a bit more acceptable because the characters are the character. Now you're introducing an entirely new character we didn't know about. They're just identical to the other. And I don't... I don't if we had known both sisters to begin with right. and all the clues had been there, I'd been more okay. But all of a sudden, be like, oh, there's a secret twin you didn't know about. Right. I, necess- I don't really love that I mean, they, they, make, they make a lot of references in the early half of like how she doesn't seem like herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's supposed to be you know, the, the, as much of a groundwork as they're going to lay for it. I, I definitely, I, first of all, I agree with you. I hate any mystery where I haven't given, been given all the tools to figure out the Though, mystery. to be fair, in in the spirit of Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie does that shit all the time. Right. Which drives me nuts. On, on the other hand, where these are sort of deconstructions, and the secret twin is such a mystery nor sort of staple, yeah. I'll forgive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's why he does it. Right. Like, I don't think there's... I don't... It's not that I think it's out of place or even uh, bad storytelling. Right. It's just personal preference. No, no, I, no, I yeah. 100%. I want to be able to, I want to be fooled by the mystery, but when the mysteries are revealed, be like, oh man, I could have figured that out. And see, and to that, and to that point, having watched this movie a second time, besides that, even though Joseph's right, there is a lot of the, like, she seems distant, mm. things like that. Um, everything else is there. Right. 100% it's there. Right. Mm. But... That's just one that I just don't really care for. But they're really great together. Daniel Craig and Janelle Monáe. Yeah, those well, scenes, the two of them, I think are excellent. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> because I don't necessarily... Look, I don't know if I have a problem with Janelle Monáe's performance. I think she's good as Andy. Uh, and I know this is a ridiculous thing to say, particularly since we're just talking about it. Most of her scenes are opposite to Daniel Craig doing... A, a what is certainly an offensive caricature of like a, a Kentucky like Georgian, Georgian accent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, he definitely he sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. He does sound yeah. like, yeah. But like she was not selling that Southern accent to me, man, at all. She just sounded like she was had marbles in her mouth the whole time. I was sure that like I thought the twist was going to be that there wasn't a twin and it was just Andy because her Southern accent was mm. so fucking bad. It's a weird choice that she even has one. I think. Yeah, but I guess I, we don't really hear Andy talk. So this is one of those questions I have watching movies all the time, which is. Is the southern accent the last accent that it's perfectly acceptable to do a shitty job of? Uh-huh. Or do we just notice that it's shitty as because opposed we're to southern? Because uh, yeah, we're southern. I think it's probably more of that than. Because I, you know, I mean, like The Walking Dead, that show ran for like 26 years and there wasn't one good southern accent. <laughs> um, 
I think it's the hardest accent. Yeah. I think it's the hardest accent in the world. Right. <laughs> like, you, I just don't think anyone can do it. And by the way, I will say to Daniel Craig, when people bitch about him, Joseph, to your point, I have heard some wealthy-ass Georgian families talk exactly <laughs> I like mean, that's the thing. I, I love People it. who still think they own slaves. I love for it. For sure. <laughs> I love it because it's ridiculous and it's consistent. Yeah. You know? It sounds ridiculous, but it doesn't sound any more ridiculous than Paula Dean, yeah. who actually talks like that's this. true. Yeah, can we talk about Benoit Blanc's outfits in this movie? Fire. Because honestly, they're the best part of the movie. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> I fucking so, fire! Every America. every single one of them is so good. I like the old timey stripy <laughs> bathing Great. suit. <laughs> Great! I want one of those to go to the <laughs> beach now. That's yeah. me in the beach. It's so good. He had a matching like ascot for everything. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Hysterical. And I mean, all the rest of the cast, I think, is really good. I don't think they're given time to shine. Exactly, they're good. As someone who is, you know, I was going to say entering, but honestly, well into old man flabby neck part of his life, I I looked at those. uh, I looked at those fucking scarves, and I was like, "That's what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm going to start wearing some fucking scarves." There you go. Uh, I think you should keep the trucker hat and then also add a scarf. (laughs) I think that's the way to go. I think you're right. I mean, I hurt probably knows this. Joseph, do you know the story behind the song Glass Onion? I don't. I don't actually know. You don't know this? Uh Uh-uh. So, um, so many people had basically come up with all these conspiracy theories about Beatles songs. Okay, wait, I do know this, but go ahead. Yes, yes. And so basically the Beatles made a song making fun of that. Right, and right. that's the glass onion or right. glass onion that it's there's all these hidden meanings that aren't really there it's just right. a bunch of red herrings essentially right. which is the most fucking appropriate song for a Ryan Johnson right. movie I've ever heard <laughs> I don't feel like that tie is I mean I feel like you have to kind of know that to understand why they would name it right. but I think there could have been a little something there in the movie more so related to that right totally fake bar called the glass yeah, yeah. right Still an appropriate song. <laughs> I saw a thing on, I just, you know, I know they're they're already making a Knives Out three, yeah, uh, and and you know, hopefully more than that, if I'm honest, right. Um, I, I also like the continuation of naming them after song titles. That's also fun, yeah. Right. Ryan Johnson's done a good job of not taking the internet suggestions about what to do for a movie, but I saw a thing on Twitter that the next one should be uh, Hugh Grant and Daniel Craig on vacation where he's not supposed to solve any mysteries, but then like mysteries just keep happening to him. And he has to like solve them on the side while also pretending like he's not solving them and hanging out with Hugh Grant. And that sounds incredible. I would love that movie. (laughs) So it's a murder mystery and a romp. Yes. No, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I'm. Yeah, I don't know if there's much else to say. I I really like when you know the reveal is of you know you know Edward Norton did it when uh, when Benoit Block is just dressing him down. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it's it's really what all of us in the world want to say to that type guy, and it's a really. You know, I, I don't know, uh, refreshing sort yeah, of moment. The, the line of the the it's just dumb, yeah. <laughs> so dumb. It's brilliant. No, no. It's just dumb. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the movie. It's my favorite part of the movie. The only part of it that I took as aggression personally was when he was making fun of him for using words that he doesn't quite know the meaning yeah. of. Because I do that shit all the time. Yeah, but it it's not just that. He was just making up words. Right. Let's breathiate this moment. Right. It's hysterical. Edward Norton really kills it yeah. yeah he I does think he totally. really nails it <laughs> I, and just, dave Batista's really good in this ev- movie oh, yeah. ev- everyone is really good in this movie <laughs> i mean i i almost feel like 
Everybody else got directing things of, okay, Edward Norton, I want you to be, you know, just what everybody thinks is the worst of like a, of like a in the public CEO, you know, I want, you know, Batista, I'd just be fucking Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan or Dan Blitzen or someone like that. But with Kate Hudson, I think it was like, Kate, I just want you to be what everybody thinks you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Worth your time. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I if you ever watched like Ryan Johnson do like the you know they do like Variety does the breakdown a scene with the director thing. Right. It's really I, I love hearing him talk about it because there is like a lot of thought into like every scene, every character, right. all the blocking, all like you know everything has a purpose. And there's a lot, especially with this interesting cast. You've I, that was my biggest complaint is I just wish with all that intention you could have used them more. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Why is the Mona Lisa in this movie? I don't know. I don't know either. It's like it's one of the weird choices to. Right. I get like it's supposed to be like the sign of exuberant wealth, right? And uh, I, I, I do also like the idea that we're establishing a strange canon in, in this universe <laughs> where now the Mona Lisa doesn't exist. <laughs> that is true. The effects of the Mona Lisa yeah. being gone. That was it. Yeah, I um, I like going into this. I also I kind of wish that. Instead of a new cast, it would just been the same cast, mm. all playing different parts. Mm. But now I, I, I kind of like this cast, and I sort of think that about this cast. Like, yeah. Well, let's do it again with all these same guys. Having said that, who do you think should be in the next one? Um. Uh, hmm. Well, see, I mean, I don't. I doubt anyone will be right. No, no, no. I'm saying like new people. Who would you want to? see Oh, who would I want to be? Benoit Blanc. Man, it it, se- it really seems like you know I, I I know why this is queuing in my mind, but it really seems like Lin Manuel Miranda should be in one of these. Mm. You know, um, you know I think to really think about that, you got to think about what the next like what kind of what kind of mystery are they going to parody in the next one? Mm-hmm. You know, I have a suspicion just based on the uh, uh, trajectory so far, it's going to be about rich people again. But but, I mean, yeah. yeah. Who can play exuberant wealth? Yeah. Well, exuberant wealthy people, apparently. I mean, man, it, it's got it. It sucks that, you know, um, that Kevin Spacey is, is a rapist and a been cancer. I know. Cause he would be great. He would be so good. And, and like, him and uh, Daniel Craig could just do shitty Southern accents at each other. Yeah, you know, I, I literally I stopped being friends with the person. I'm not immediately after, but this was the turning point. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was insistent to me that uh, House of Cards is better than The West Wing, and oh. I was like, yeah, like that. We're just we're on different pages, <laughs> yeah. and like we're not. We don't want the same things out of life. I mean, really, that that could almost be a profiling thing. You know, when you meet someone, okay, which is better, House of Cards or West Wing? And if they say House of Cards, okay, okay, it was nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'll be moving on. Yeah. I think the person who I think will end up being cast in this, because it seems like his career is coming back, Brendan Fraser. Mm, Brendan Fraser yes. seems, yep. Yeah. I mean, definitely he's having his moment right now. Fraser, mm-hmm. how do we get you to be a casting director? I don't You're know. so good at this. Thank you. I wish I knew. Yeah. Would Jim Carrey be good at this? Oh, I, I feel like oh, he's right there, God. but he just Jim Carrey can never rein it in just enough. Right? Yeah. No, he but, has to either be out there or rein it in so much he's he, not interested. I don't think he can pretend to be a real person. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know? but I think you're on the right track. It needs to be somebody right on the fringe who's surprising, like like in the class of like Dave Bautista, right? right. Like is like you're not entirely sure. But they can surprise you, right? Right. And right. I'm not—I don't know exactly who that is, right? But 
I think Jim Carrey might be just outside of that range. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like Paul Dana would be in one of these movies. Can he have that much fun? I don't know. I don't think but he can just, have fun. He's just so sad. I feel like you could just like make him the the guy that everyone makes fun of. I mean, it sucks that. Oh yeah. It sucks that uh, Adam Arkin is dead because I really think you could just take the entire cast of Little Miss Sunshine mm. and move it into mm. one of yeah, these yeah. movies. No, Steve Carell for sure. Could yeah, be in one of these movies. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll find out in a couple of years. We will find out. Maybe next year. We'll find out. It, it seems like Tilda Swinton should have already been in one it of these. Does. Dude, yeah. yeah, Tilda Swinton's a great choice. But as a cameo, I, I like the I like Tilda Swinton in like weird places. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like what it sh- like Disney should have bought this and then they could have like if you signed a Marvel contract you do a Marvel movie and then we'll give you a Knives Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. 100%. You just be a part of it. This is your break. <laughs> Right. You've done nine of these. Here's one of these fun ones. How many of these do, do uh, does he have to make before America admits they were wrong about uh, uh, which movie? Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. It's probably not. Gonna People happen. are never gonna admit they're wrong. But this guy keeps like, and I don't like Looper. Like I don't love all this guy's right. movies. But I think even his bad movies are still like See, pretty freaking good. I think Looper's fine as long as you don't think about it at all. Yeah, that's uh-huh. my problem. I can't help but think about it. <laughs> it's. I mean, look, I, I, I'm actually okay with not thinking about it at all. My biggest problem with that movie is that Jeff Daniels has a line to tell you to not think about it at all, <laughs> and that makes me angry. I think why I want to defend Looper is just because I think that's what we should be doing with de-aging technology. Instead of doing that with computers, just cast two people, and whichever one of them's the least famous of the two has to wear prosthetics <laughs> wow that's a good call yeah, i walked out of looper i went and saw it with friends of mine walked out of looper we went to go get a beer i sat down we all sat down and i said like this thing about i was like i don't think the time travel works because like i was just talking about it right. and this guy was like fuck you dude i really love that movie <laughs> and now i can never watch it right. and i was like i didn't mean that right. i apologize like i just right. yeah I mean, I watched that movie, you know, living the life at 2.30 in the morning. So I was, you know. Time travel made perfect sense. It makes so much sense to me. But Glass Onion kicks ass. Yeah, better than Transformers. Way better. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, fellas. Well, it's been two weeks and uh, two weeks, I assume, with not that much work. So I'm guessing we have things to talk about. What have we been watching the last couple weeks? Oof. Uh, Obviously, you watched a a lot of Christmas classics during that time span. You know, and it's we've never really done christmas classic movies on. we haven't we should because i have christmas movies to talk about this time yeah um you know all the normals the normies mm-hmm. uh klaus is my new favorite christmas movie yes, i watch every year it's so fucking good uh white christmas excellent i watch it every year one of my favorite trivia facts is at the end when they pull the doors open and there's snow in vermont that's all fucking asbestos. <laughs> all of it is asbestos. <laughs> all of those people have mesophilioma. Because you know when you're not supposed to be around asbestos? When it's in the air. Right. And they're just fucking sprinkling it. Uh, children are like playing in it. It's hysterical. Um, but generally, you know, Christmas Vacation, great. I'm a fan of Christmas movies. Uh, I watched The Santa Claus because I think, listen, I don't, I don't like Tim Allen, but I don't hate Tim Allen. It's fine. That Santa Claus show... Hottest piece of fucking garbage I've <laughs> okay. ever seen. Right. Terrible. Right. Atrocious. Burn it off the face of the planet. Whatever Discovery is doing with all the shit you do like on HBO Max, Disney needs to do that to that show. Which brings me to the thing I really want to talk about, the fucking National Treasure TV show. Okay. It is 
also trash. Ah. Uh, however, I like the genre so much that even though I fucking hate everything about this show, I hate the writing, I hate the acting, I hate the cast. Just like fucking solving mysteries that have to do with history is just interesting enough that I watch it every fucking week. Um, They did an episode fucking digging through Graceland trying to find fucking mysteries in one of Elvis's guitar. That's fucking cat. Oh, man. I'm going to have to watch. I didn't know about that. I'm going to have to watch that. Everything else is terrible. And they want you to know that it exists in this world that the first two so hard. Riley shows up at one point and like while Nicolas Cage isn't in it, like he gets a phone call from Ben like four times. He's like, hey, Ben, I can't talk right now. I'm in the middle of something. And you're like, this is like just this character alone is enough. I feel like we're doing disrespect (laughs) to the character of Riley by making him remind us that Ben does exist somewhere else. Uh Which brings me to my last point. This is just a fucking hook. To see if we will bite on National Treasure Three, uh-huh. <laughs> which is so annoying to me, because absolutely right. Bite yeah, who's not going to go see National Treasure? Why are we testing the waters? We all want to know what happens on what page forty-two of the Secret President's book or whatever the right. fucking tease right. was. We all want to know. And also, man, like we're waiting for Nicolas Cage rehab. Everybody wants to be that that to happen. And if you can plan it out that you're the movie that happens on, that's just cash and checks. Well, you know? I think he's proven himself, right? Like, right. as an actor at this right. point, like, he's proven himself. But Hollywood wants to see the money. Right. They want to see that he's the financial draw. Right. And I think National Treasure is such a good way to prove that because he doesn't have to be. We just want that series to continue. <laughs> right, right, right. That's it. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to break the fourth wall a little bit here because I thought you were going to do something earlier, Joseph. Oh, uh, shit, I forgot to do something earlier. You did? Yes, I did. Do we want to do that now? I guess do it now, okay. yes. Oh, I feel bad. I feel like I should cut this in <laughs> earlier. Is this the email? Yes. yes. So we actually have two emails this week. Whoa! Oh, boy! Thank you for reminding me. Lots we, of fan mail. We actually read it out last week, but we had audio issues and uh, had to cut it out because it was just an incomprehensible mess. But our first email is from our old friend, Trey, who, who uh, uh, sent us a lengthy email talking about some of his favorite things. He talked about how uh, he was going back through the back catalog listening to your your magnum opus on Santa Barbara. <laughs> the Santa Barbara trilogy that I think was actually five parts. I don't know. I, I know one of them you were like not even in this in this. You were coherent, realm, yeah. But it was great. Uh, but he said, you're, you're so charismatic that he it almost convinced him to start watching Santa Barbara, which I think is a great testament right. to, uh, to what you got going on there. He also started watching Legends of Vox Machina, so I hope you enjoyed that. Mm. You know, Critical Role is, is a blast in itself, but, you know, Legend of Vox Machina, if that's what you want to stick with, I think that's a, a, yep, a great totally entry fine. point. Yep. A new season's coming out this month, I mm. think. This month? Yeah, 18 days. Yeah, great. Uh, and then the last thing you wanted to, to talk about is uh, Violent Night, which is the David Harbour mm-hmm. Santa, which I've heard is more violent than you expect it to be. But uh, uh, he, he pitches it as the, the adult Home Alone movie we've always wanted, which I have always wanted. So, Well, I will say the reason I wanted you to bring that up is because I took his advice and I watched Violent Night. Uh-huh. It is fucking awesome. <laughs> it is so fucking good and so fucking fun. And honestly, the best part about it is, I don't want to say take it seriously, but everyone in the movie really commits to the bit. Yeah. There's no ironic detachment mm. about it. Everybody is like, yeah, this... And 
it's like they listened to us talk and they made this movie. Because, I mean, honestly, they spend no time explaining why this guy is Santa Claus. Yeah. How, every time it comes up, he's just like, you know, he was like, he was like, oh, Christmas magic. I don't really understand how it works either. There's a... There's a vague reference to his origin story, which is basically seems like it's a cross between the Santa Claus and Vikings. <laughs> like it's, uh, 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 but yeah, I just love this movie. The kills in it are so over the top and great, and there are so many of them that are based around Christmas decorations. That sounds uh, outstanding. <laughs> it's really, really fun. Yeah. It uses Slade's Christmas song at the end, which is, you know, vastly underrated. Yeah, I fucking loved it. Trey was 100% right. This is a fucking classic. It's going to be right up there with Die Hard with me of something I've got to watch every Christmas. But, you know, I mean, Die Hard, we just want it to be about Christmas, yeah, really. Yeah. But this actually is. So I fucking love it. John Leguizamo, who's always a treat. Is, always a treat, yeah. Yeah, it is fucking great in this. I really just can't say enough good things about it. Very good. Outstanding. Well, thank you for the suggestion, Trey. And uh, he also sent us happy holidays and all those things, which is a little late now, but happy holidays to you and yours. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. <laughs> what about the second email? Well, I wasn't sure if it wanted to finish his oh, thing because okay. he was in the middle of it. I, no, that, that, well, one other thing I was going to talk about. I watched a very similar other movie right after. Do you guys, is this just a thing with me or do you guys find when a movie is on streaming... Is there less of an urgency to watch it? Oh, absolutely. Because yes. I, I remember it took me like two years to watch Dolomite, mm. a movie I was super excited yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just now watched Polar. What Do you guys Polar? even remember Polar? Nope. No. One of our like early, back in your old fucking uh, apartment, yep. we talked about the trailer of it. It's the Mad Mickelson wants to be John Wick movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do remember yes. that. It's really super stupid fun. <laughs> it is, it's very similar to Violent Night. It's not a uh, Christmas movie, but it's just... The best way I can describe is Mad Mickelson is playing a serious, burnt-out hitman in sort of a John Hick, Wick world. Yeah. Everyone else in that world is a villain from Batman 66. <laughs> it is that everyone else is so over the top, but I didn't even decide to watch it. Sarah just started playing it. It's like, Oh shit. I've wanted to watch this movie yeah, for like yeah. two fucking years, but well worth your time. Definitely worth $3 and free cents. <laughs> Absolutely. Fair enough. By the way, why like the scary movie, like rip off parody films mm. haven't come back with one entitled John Hick. <laughs> Mind-boggling to me. That's a good question. That is, totally. Yeah. I would watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, we also got uh, an email from our friend Susie, who uh, sent her, her best of 2022. Oh, yeah. Which, there's so many on here that I don't actually feel good about reading them. <laughs> and, I, and I say that to say, Susie, maybe you should do a movie podcast, because you're watching way more than we are. <laughs> Uh, her, her favorite series of the year are uh, Gilded Age, White Lotus, Stranger Things, She-Hulk, Only Murders in the Building, and Better Call Saul. That, yep, I mean, go, those are good choices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, favorite movies are uh, Top Gun Maverick, Marry Me. Uh, I think that's J-Lo. It might be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bullet Train, Fantastic Beasts, much better than the other ones, apparently. Yep. Uh, Downton Abbey, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, 13 Lives, and Avatar. Did anybody <laughs> watch 13 Lives? I've heard people say it's Ron Howard's best movie ever. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like right yeah. now. I'm finding out it exists. Yeah, it's so. his movie about the kids that were trapped in the cave. Oh yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, it's supposedly like phenomenal. Fair enough. One of my favorite category that she has on here was not my jam, but not the worst, which I feel like is a, is a nice <laughs> so great. level of yeah. self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange and Moon Knight, which, you know what? Fair enough. I get right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for that. And I, if anybody else has any favorite movies from the year series, send them in. Definitely. If she had a time to write a list that long and watch Avatar 2... Yeah. Like, she needs to be doing a movie podcast instead of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't make that much time. So, (laughs) I want to talk about that. Do we want to talk? Like, are we going to do an episode on Avatar? I will see it. I promise I will. But, God, it's just so hard. It's okay if you don't. I Again, I've seen it. Did you like it? And I'm okay okay with with seeing it so you guys don't have to. (laughs) Okay, but I want to experience it in theaters because I know if I watch it on my TV at home, it's just not going to be the same. I... I still haven't given up on watching it. I will say, anything you want to spoil for me, uh-huh. I'd already decided if you two guys had watched it, I was just going to watch some videos on YouTube and fucking lie. Uh-huh. That's like, fine. So. I have a story about Avatar being spoiled for me that I will tell you after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, if, if, we, if we think we're going to do an episode on it, I won't do a long Just wait one shot. more week. Yeah. Yeah. If I haven't done it by next week, that's fine. go for it. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've seen Avatar. I, I'll let you guys just watch it. So instead of that, we'll talk about, uh, speaking of diehard movies, Val and I watched The Nice Guys, because it's fucking always good. I, always. I love. I just love that Shane Black was like, I love Die Hard so much, I'm going to set everything at Christmas for no reason. <laughs> right. And like that's fine. I love it. It's right. good stuff. We uh, just watched last night Chicago, mm. which is the first time I've seen since probably like 2003. Right. Uh, which I remember being really good, and then I, uh, you know, it won a bunch of awards that year, but I was worried going back to it was not going to be good. And I was wrong. It was really great. Right. <laughs> uh, especially for you, Hurt, who's getting on the musical uh, board. It's, I think it's, and maybe it's just because it's like a show about show business in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, but like, it's the best adaptation of the stage to the screen, I think. Um, mm. It like it like captures a lot of like the fun of going to see a show, right? Um, but it also has all the good music in it. Uh, so it yeah. won, won best picture that year, right? I think so. It won yeah. it won six Oscars. Man, there was a time in my life where Cell Block Tango was like top five oh, on my fucking it's iPod. Great shit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean everybody is perfectly casted. I didn't used to like. Uh, Renee Zellweger, Renee Zellweger because because her, her character sucks so bad, but she's so good at playing that character right. sucks so bad. Uh, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones is just giving it the whole time. Dude, she she's fucking kills so, that so, role. So, so, yeah. so, so, so good. Uh, so yeah, Chicago, uh, way better than Transformers. Oh, shit, well, what am I going to talk about otherwise besides the things that I've just talked about? Uh, I finished, let's talk about Chainsaw Man for a second, just because, have you finished? I haven't finished it. Oh, yeah. fuck, I'm not going to do it for you then. I'll save it. Um, then I will talk about the other anime, because it's the end of anime. Uh, for the fall season, the the best one that no one's talked about because it's just an original anime out of nowhere uh, called Bochi the Rock, uh, which yeah exactly you've never fucking heard of it <laughs> you never would. Uh, so the the basic premise is it's four high school girls who start a rock band, which I think is an audacious start because there's a super beloved famous uh, anime called Kon. Which is the same premise. Now, right. granted, that show is famous for them being in a band but never actually playing any music. Right. <laughs> so, you know, uh, just to take this tack, I think, was, was pretty adventurous. But this one is very much about, it's, it's both about, like, kind of the dynamics of, of, like, being in a band and, like, you know, getting better yourself and just kind of, like, the, the inner workings of, of interpersonal relationships of 
being in a band, getting shows, getting people to come to shows, all that right. kind of stuff. And also the main character has just severe, crippling, hilarious social anxiety. Right. Uh, like, the, the, wears a cardboard box to their first show because you can't look <laughs> at anybody or be seen by anybody. Uh, the whole show is super delightful. I think it is like, I mean, I think, I don't know. I haven't been in a band. Somebody else who's been in a band would have to watch it to find out. But I, f- I feel like it's a, a pretty good, uh, like maybe a little rose colored uh, interpretation right. of, of that experience. Uh, but it's just, it's really charming. The music's good. I think it's, it's a good, it, it's one of, I think the best shows of this last year. That's not like one of the big things that people talk about. Right. So, Bochi the Rock. For anybody who wants to watch a, a show about four high school girls who start a, a rock band. Right Better on. than Transformers. Attack on Titans, not far. Right? I thought it was, it was now, but it's not. Uh, it's not? No, it's not It's not winter. Oh, I thought it was January. I guess yeah, no, I, I don't know. We'll find out. Those fucking liars. I'll, I will let you know what I find <laughs> out. But yeah, I think that's it for this week. Next week, maybe Avatar? Maybe. Maybe Avatar. I do want to do a year-end review So thing. yes, was going to be my pitch, was we either do a year-end review. I also want to do movies that we're anticipating to like in 2023. Yeah. And then we can revisit them if we actually fucking hate them later on. Okay. That sounds fun to me. Imagine, yeah. imagine actually remembering anything we talk about. I, rem- the- I do remember that last year I was, uh, I was on Derek Diamond's podcast, and uh, my most anticipated movie of the year was Top Gun Maverick, and I fucking stand by that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I just remembered we talked about a trailer like I, three years ago. I know. Ago. I'm shocked. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't. That, that whole everything was just scrubbed from yeah, my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well done. All righty. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, join us next week for one of those two things, depending on how many hours we want to spend in a theater. Uh, I've already done my, my part. Paid your penance. I paid my. I, that is what it feels like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for for writing in Trey and Susie. Please, anybody else who's got favorite movies or, or things they want to tell us about or want us to talk about, uh, we take your suggestions. Right. Uh, so you can reach us at realphonies@gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies and on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later.